Hello. Hey, Mom. How's it How going? Are you? I'm well. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question real quick. It's going to sound strange, but why do you think that people should sign up at patreon.com slash the laps? Why do you think they should support my show? Why do they? Why do I think they should support your show? Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think you're a great storyteller. <laughs> yeah, everybody needs a break, you know, people to help them out. And besides, you need the money. <laughs> Don't I live. know? No, this is not live. Uh, but uh, oh. it's uh, you, 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 well, you may... I think that you're a really good um, <laughs> upcoming artist. And you have a real gift gap, you know, like a good voice and all that kind of shit. <laughs> well, thank you, Mom. Uh, yeah, you you are being recorded, so I'll just let people know that they can get all sorts of minisodes, uh, bonus. There's like recording me. I know, I know, I'm, no, I'm not really recording you, but they can get stuff uh, that is. <laughs> no, I think that you're really good at what you do, and you tell some pretty fantastic stories with the sound effects. Um, it almost makes a person feel like they're right in that story with that person, oh. as opposed to somebody just talking, you know? <laughs> Thanks, Mom. That was my mother, Lynn. Um, I was going to say, you can support my show. If you care to do so, you can do so at patreon.com slash the labs. There's all sorts of minisodes, uncut interviews. Talk to me, chat with me. I might even put up a full-length conversation with my mother just about me growing up and who I was as a kid. So if you want to hear that stuff, you can do so. Patreon.com slash laps. Thank you guys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Lap Storytelling Podcast, where we tell true stories gussied up. I'm your host, Kyle Jest, and today we are flying solo once again. That means if this is your first episode, normally we have a bit of a back and forth, a little storyteller, a little of my own narration. So the format is a fair bit different here, but it is Halloween this month my favorite holiday in the whole wide world. And what better way to celebrate than tell you about the time it was my job to be a monster. Yours truly had a gig in a haunted house, scaring the pants off people. Now, of course, the truth is, despite being scary, you and I know that there's no real danger in any of these things. At least not for the attendees. Now, as for the monsters, well, (laughs) therein lies our story. I'm calling this one Fatal Attractions. Here it comes. This is The Lapse. This is the worst job Vancouver has to offer, and I am 30 minutes late for my interview. Playland is Vancouver's big theme park, host to the usual suspects of coasters and tilt-a-whirls and things that make you barf, but it's Playland's Fright Nights, an all-out celebration of haunted houses in October, where the park really shines, and where its employees really suffer. Long hours, few breaks, freezing temperatures at minimum wage, plus a roaring headache and a rip raw voice from all the screaming back and forth. Now, don't get me wrong. I want this gig. Because from a purely storytelling perspective, take my advice, a shit job always pays better than a boring one. Right as I'm about to give up the search and go home, I find the interview office. Middle management's mostly teens and 20-year-olds just screwing around. Really, they're just having fun trying to stump the actors. They had me howl like a wolf, scream like a banshee, sing I'm a little teapot in a monster voice. When I get steamed up, I just shout. Tip me over and bore me out. Honestly, the job seems like a blast, at least compared to the rumor mill. 
Call me a masochist, I guess, but that's a little disappointing. Nevertheless, when I land a follow-up interview, this one led by an actual adult. Mr. Jest, if you want the job, congratulations. You got it. Uh, before we get to that, there's just a few releases, liability, you know, perfectly standard stuff. Uh, <laughs> Look, I'm going to level with you. I tell this to all of our monsters, but I want you to understand right now that this is not an easy job. You'll probably have a headache. If you have some painkillers, take them. If you don't, buy some. And believe me, I'm not trying to scare you, as I say this to all of our monsters, but if you're not prepared for the possibility that you may get punched or spat on... <laughs> This is not the job for you, my friend. <clears throat> While I await my formal training as a monster, that line keeps spinning around in my head. Punched or punched spat, spat on. on. Punched or spat on. <laughs> because I think punching I'd be okay with. Maybe. I mean, I don't condone it, and you shouldn't do it. Please don't go around hitting people. But in a fight-or-flight situation where I really get the jump on you... I get it. On a purely instinctive level, I understand why that can happen. But spitting, <laughs> being spat on, it's not only premeditated behavior, it is one of those things that is so incredibly insulting, so degrading to do to an employee that is just there to do his job. I don't know what I would do if I got spat on. At the start of monster training, this gal, out of all the houses, Big Boss preaches up from on high. Now remember, listen up because this is the most important thing you'll ever hear from me now or ever. You are monsters. And as monsters, you are powerful. Your victims will come into your house, they'll enter your room, you'll scare them, you'll scare them out of the room. You must not let them linger, you must not let them take pictures, and it is imperative that you maintain your power as monster at all times. I'm assigned to the Hollywood House, putting my film degree to good use, the famous movie monster's haunted house of the park. Our head of house, my boss, gives us a tour, and they've got all the usual suspects. You know, Jason and Freddy Krueger and Leatherface. But as we continue our tour, from room to room to room, we get to the exorcist room. I look around, and we don't have any female cast members. I say, hey, wait a second. I'm not going to have to play Linda Blair, am I? My boss stops the group. He turns to me. He says, actually, we don't bother with Linda Blair anymore. Last year, you know, every time I checked the house, we lost another Linda. I swear to God, we lost something like three Linda Blairs. Wait, what? What, what do you mean you lost three Lindas? Did you turn up a corpse? Like, what, what, what does that mean? My boss looks down at me. He says, listen. This job is tough sometimes. You stick with it, you hack it, you'll be okay. Let's remember to maintain your power as monster and you'll do fine. Or just push your panic button if you run into any trouble. Right, so, that's the other thing. Every single room in every one of these haunted houses has a panic button. Just in case the monsters get too scared. Now, horror doesn't scare me. People scare me. 
So by now, I'm getting a little bit anxious because I've been warned. Punched or spat on. Punched or spat on. Punched or spat on. My expectation is that somebody's going to wander in, they're going to look at me, they're going to find me, they're going to look me in the eye, and they're going to spit directly into my face. (laughs) So I really try to adopt this whole power as monster thing. As soon as I put on the mask, I have power. My first position is as Freddy Krueger, and it's a little advantageous for this. While you can't see me unless I want you to, rest assured, I can most definitely see you. I'm inside the walls. From people to people, I can always see you. There's a single door in the booth that I can leap out of if I want to get close, but in addition, on either side of me are two drop windows. These massive wooden panels on a latch. You flick the switch, the drop window slams down. That's one, two, three chances to get you and get you and get you again. With three opportunities to hone my routine, I'm getting some real practice real fast. Step, pivot, scare, pivot, step, step. Step, scare, pivot, pivot, scare, step. This goes on long enough, and I get pretty good. Like, really good. Good enough, in fact, that I begin to get kind of cocky to the point where I'm like, you know what? If if someone tries to grab me through that window, I am going <laughs> to slam it up and I'm going to break their wrist off. <laughs> then they switch up the positions. I am no longer Freddy Krueger. I'm Michael Myers. We're not allowed to break character. So unlike Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers doesn't speak. He doesn't grunt, really. His whole shtick is just being a silent, featureless, unkillable antagonist. Scary in the films less scary in a haunted house. So maintaining my power as the Myers monster ain't exactly an easy time for me. Let me get you the lay of the land. The hallway leading up to the room features four or five animatronics. Dummy Michael's designed to make folks question which one is real and which one's not. My room consists of a closet and a wooden platform disguised as a bed. The floor plan recommends leaping from the closet because it's the safest possible spot, tucked away in the corner and the only spot in the room with a panic button. But sliding a door open 10 feet away and without the ability to speak or vocalize fails to be scary too much but the faintest of hearts. The alternative, the method I'm using, is standing atop the wooden platform and pretending to be an animatronic. That gets a good scream or two. It's no Freddy Krueger, but hey, who is? And as the night goes on, I'm finding my mojo again. Getting my power back. That is until... This one woman enters my room. It's kind of strange when we get just one person, because usually we get groups of two or three or a crowd of people. This is just one woman, maybe 35 years old, and she's dressed head to toe in black. She touches a couple of the animatronics, which is strictly against the rules, and does a bit of a circuit of the room, taking in her surroundings, really absorbing the room. (laughs) When she's finished, she stops, she turns around, she looks right at me. Before she can say anything, I stomp on the platform and make my scare. She does not move an inch. Not one bit. In fact, (laughs) she's smiling at me. Now my only recourse is to get her to move on. I do this kind of throat slitting motion and I point my blade towards the exit. And she takes a step towards me. She looks right up at me, right through those beady little holes in my mask, and she says, I love you, love you, 
Love you. Love you. Now, maybe it's a good thing that Michael Myers can't speak because I am flabbergasted. I have no idea what to do. She takes the lead. She takes another step towards me and she says it again. I love you. Love you. Love you. She makes a little heart shape with her hands. By now, she's been in the room long enough that I know other people are coming. I can hear them getting spooked by Freddy in the other room, so now I'm really throat-slitting and I'm furiously pointing out, out, out towards the exit, but she takes another step towards me, and now she's lifting up her shirt. That, that is uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the sleeve on her shirt, and as she brings it up to her shoulder, I finally see what the fuss is about. There's a tattoo of me. Not me, me, but Michael Myers me, and this woman, she reaches out and... She grazes my right thigh with her fingernails, and she says, I'll see you later. She leaves of her own accord. On a typical lunch break, I usually go to the lunchroom and sulk for 15 minutes or whatever it is I do, but this time I am having an identity crisis. What did she mean, I'll see you later? Does she mean me, me, or Michael Myers, me, or the Michael Myers at home and her DVD player? Like, who and what is she talking about? And how hardcore a fan is this gal? Back in the Hollywood house, I am not really focused on the task at hand. I'm mostly on the lookout for that woman. My panic button's in the closet on the other side of the room, so I'm in kind of a vulnerable spot here. While I haven't had anybody spit in my face just yet, I have had one rub her fingers up my thigh, so either things are about to get real kinky, or I may need to make a break for it. For the rest of the night, I don't see her. My next shift, I'm back to my little platform amongst the animatronics, back to being Michael Myers, and the attendees file in, they scream, they leave, and nobody has yet stuck their hand down my pants. And then I see her. No. No. Not her. Same style, same charcoal lipstick, but a different woman. A little shorter, a little curvier, but also by herself. Hey, she says. You want to see something? I shake my head as ominously no as I can. Look, 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 she says, pulling up her sleeve. It's you, it's you, it's you, it's you. It's me, Michael Myers. This happens six times throughout my career as Michael Myers. Six women, six tattoos, six separate occasions. I don't see my touchy-feely friend from our first foray ever again, but somewhere out there I now know there is a harem of Michael Myers fangirls just waiting for me. I don't get punched or spat on during my time at Fright Nights. In fact, for the year, we actually have a record low number of assaults. Something you should all be proud of, says our head of house, a mere six. Six Michael Myers women, six assaults. I'm sure it's just coincidence. That story again was by me, Kyle Jest. We'll be back next episode with our more traditional format, but if you'd like to see me in character as Freddy Krueger, there's a pretty terrifying picture of me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Laps Podcast. 
I've also got a few short stories about my time as both Leatherface and Hannibal Lecter, and you will find both of those for our supporters at patreon.com slash the laps. Thanks as always to the lovely Jesse Brennan for the lapses transcription and to our executive producer level patrons this month, Cindy C., Richard Quartz, Jill Galvez, and Dan Lesser. If you have a story you want to tell, please, please get in touch with me at stories at the I have people often say, you know, that they don't think they have a story or that their life isn't interesting enough. And I want to tell you right now that if you believe that, you are wrong. Sometimes when you get into the routine that is being you, you can forget that. Talk to me. I'm at stories at the My name is Kyle Jest, and this was The Lapse. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>